Hello, and welcome to No Filter Football. Hello everyone and welcome back to No Filter Football. This of course is the series where I bring to you everything that is going on in the world of football. I apologize for the lack of an episode last week. I was busy with some work, but as soon as it got over, I was back to recording. So over the course of the week gone by, we welcomed the return of the Champions League and the Europa League after a four-month absence due to the coronavirus pandemic. Now there are some major, major topics to be discussed today, so let us jump right into it. Before we get into the analysis and reports, here is a description of how this year's Champions League and Europa League matches are happening. Both tournaments are happening in a mini-tournament fashion, similar in style to the World Cup. There are no second legs, so whatever happens, happens. The Champions League mini-tournament is happening in Lisbon, Portugal, while the Europa League mini-tournament is taking place in some cities across Germany, with the final happening in Cologne. Teams that had to play the second leg of the round of 16 would play it at the respective venue where it was originally scheduled to happen. For example, if Real vs Man City was going to happen in Manchester, then it took place over there only rather than happening in Lisbon. With that being said, let's progress to what happened in the Europa League. So in the Europa League, we had quarter-finalists Inter Milan, Bayer Leverkusen, Manchester United, FC Copenhagen, Shakhtar Donetsk, Basel, Wolves and Sevilla. Inter Milan faced off against Leverkusen. Nicolo Barella gave the Italians the early lead after 15 minutes, tapping in from a rebound of Romelu Lukaku's effort. Lukaku scored the second goal, showing immense strength to move away from the defenders before scoring sweetly. Young sensation and Chelsea transfer target Kai Havertz made it 2-1 on 24 minutes. However, Inter defended deep and really well to qualify for the semi-finals where they faced Shakhtar Donetsk, who defeated Swiss club FC Basel by a margin of 4 goals to 1. In the semi-finals, Inter slapped up Shakhtar, beating them 5-0 with a brace each from Lautaro Martinez and Romelu Lukaku and one goal from defender Danilo Di Ambrosio to set themselves into the final of the Europa League after a 10-year absence from any major final. Man United were awarded yet another penalty in extra time which was scored by Bruno Fernandes as they defeated FC Copenhagen 1-0. However, that was not the full story as they were made to work for this victory by the inspired performance of the Copenhagen goalkeeper Carl Johan Jonsson, who produced a string of impressive saves to deny Martial, Rashford and Greenwood before Martial was fouled in the 95th minute. The goalkeeper almost saved the penalty as well going the correct way, however Bruno Fernandes' effort was not to be saved. In my opinion, he was the man of the match. Seriously, it was an amazing performance by the Swedish goalkeeper. Wolves' fairy tale was halted by Sevilla who left it late to send the Premier League side back home. Raul Jimenez, usually deadly in front of goal, missed a penalty and that came back to haunt him as Argentinian forward Lucas Ocampos scored with an 88th minute header from an inch-perfect cross by compatriot Ever Banega. Sevilla goalkeeper Yasin Bunu also gave an inspired performance making a series of saves against Jimenez, Traore and Jota before Ocampos scored. It is heartbreaking for Wolves. They did fight until the end only to throw it all away. 
This set up a semi-final between Sevilla and Manchester United. United took the lead in the ninth minute and I will let you guess the method by which they scored. However, it all went downhill from there. They were not able to create chances from good situations and when they were, they got denied by the goalkeeper Bunu and the Sevilla defence. Suso equalised on 24 minutes, scoring from a tap-in created by hot prospect left-back Sergio Reguio. The match was a stalemate for the longest time both teams struggling to break down the opposition defence. However, it was Sevilla who took the lead in the 78th minute. Jesus Navas's cross from the right was touched in by Dutch forward Luke de Jong, sending Sevilla to the final where they will face Inter Milan. I have to give credit to Sevilla. They fought till the end. They kept the pressure on United and ultimately forced the error from the United defence to ensure their spot in the semi-final. Also, this is their fourth Europa League final in seven years. They have won the trophy five times, including three consecutive times under former Arsenal and PSG boss Unai Emery between 2014 and 2016. Three consecutive times. They are the Real Madrid of the Europa League and the most successful team in the Europa League as well. It is going to be a very interesting match, the final. Inter Milan are new to this, having been Champions League fodder for the longest time. Even this season, they came to the Europa League only because they finished third in the Champions League group. It is certainly finely balanced and according to me, either team is highly capable of winning this match. It depends on who turns up and who doesn't. Now though, moving on to the Champions League and boy oh boy, do we have some drama over here. Before I tell you why Barcelona are cancelled, let's discuss what happened before that in the other matches. Real Madrid and Juventus were knocked out by Man City and underdogs Lyon respectively. Real were looking to erase the deficit from the first leg but I guess that Man City paid off Rafael Varane just like they paid off the court of arbitration for sport. The French defender made two horrible mistakes either side of Karim Benzema's equaliser, sending City to the quarter-finals. For the first goal, he was dispossessed by Gabi Jesus, just outside the box, who passed it to Sterling, who, as a matter of fact, scored. Benzema equalised with the header and it ended 1-1 after the first half. In the second half, Varane, again under pressure from Jesus, tried to pass it back to Thibaut Courtois but the pass fell short and Jesus was able to pounce and score. Juventus went into the second leg 1-0 behind on aggregate, trailing to a Luka Tuzak goal from the first leg. They got up to the worst possible start when Rodrigo Bentancur clipped midfielder Hussein Awa. Juventus did not like the decision, claiming that the French midfielder exaggerated. Nevertheless, Memphis Depay scored a panenka to give Leon the all-important away goal. Cristiano Ronaldo was looking to single-handedly save the team again after scoring twice, once from the penalty spot and a stunning long-range effort from his left foot. However, he, Bonucci and Higuain all missed chances to take the lead on aggregate as Leon pulled off one of the biggest Champions League upsets. And a few days later, they took it one step further. Facing favourites Manchester City, Rudy Garcia's side had their task decided. Stop their major players from influencing the game at all costs and keep yourselves on the front foot. 
Manchester City failed to live up to the expectations in Lisbon as Lyon kicked them out of the Champions League following a 3-1 victory. It wasn't as if City did not turn up. They dominated proceedings, but this season for them, dominance of the game has not translated to a victory. In important matches, they have controlled the game but have capitulated when the opposition took their chances. It happened in the league against Tottenham and United. It happened in the cup against Arsenal and now it has happened again in the Champions League against Lyon. Lyon scored first through Maxwell Cornet following which City controlled the game. They took their chance when the clinical Kevin De Bruyne scored at the perfect minute drawing City level. But a stroke of tactical genius from Rudy Garcia took Lyon over the line. He switched around his formation and brought on striker Moussa Dembele. And the move paid off. Lyon created just two chances after De Bruyne's equaliser and they took them both. Hussein Awa played the ball forward and it looked as though Carl Toko Ekambi would run away with it. But as the forward was offside, he just let the ball roll past him, confusing the City defence and allowing Dembele to run clean through on goal and he scored past Ederson, who could have done better. City fans and players were really angry as they thought Laporte was fouled in the build-up It's another VAR decision that has gone against Man City. Shortly after that, Raheem Sterling missed a sitter. It is, categorically speaking, the miss of the year. Jesus really well ran away from the defence and played it across goal. Sterling, absolutely free. The keeper is stranded. He is halfway on the other side. He is nowhere near. There is no defender in sight. He is free as a bird. And he skies it. He doesn't even hit the crossbar. He sends it over. This man has been in talks for winning the Ballon d'Or. This man has been described as the most lethal winger in the Premier League. I'm not having it. I mean, I just cannot have that. You know, that miss just takes it all away from him. It's... Absolutely horrible that miss. And then minutes after that scandal happened, Leo went up the other end and scored. This defeat means that Pep Guardiola has now failed to reach three successive Champions League semi-finals with Manchester City. In 2017-18 it was Liverpool and then next year it was Tottenham where there was late drama and VAR of course and this season it is Leo who's kicked them out of the Champions League. This win has also changed the perception of the Liga being a farmer's league as Lyon have knocked out two powerhouses. There are two French sides in the semi-finals and not a single Premier League or La Liga or Serie A side. Kylian Mbappe sort of joked about this perception in a tweet while congratulating Lyon over this victory and you know it makes sense because they are the people who actually turned up for the games rather than the other sides. Barcelona got demolished, Liverpool got knocked out, so did Tottenham. It sort of makes you think that you count the Premier League as the superior league, but it's actually the other leagues who are playing that much better in the Champions League. PSG beat Atalanta 2-1 after a late, late comeback by the French side. 1-0 down after 24 minutes thanks to a goal from Mario Pasalic. PSG looked out of options. Neymar fluffed his lines and... Mbappe wasn't that big an influence. 
but PSG did manage to complete a comeback. They did not bottle it this time. How so? Was it Icardi who turned up? Was it Di Maria? No, it was the rain man, Eric Maxim Chupomoting, the man who missed an open goal from 2 cm out last season has sent PSG into the Champions League semi-final. It is honestly unbelievable but fair play to him. Chupomoting chipped the ball over the defence to Neymar who crossed to Marquinhos who made it 1-1. Before scoring the winner in the 4th minute of added time himself from a Kylian Mbappe cross. He did it on a rainy Tuesday night at Stoke and now he's gone and done it again in Portugal. Fair play to PSG, they had a fresh never say die mentality and it worked. And Kylian Mbappe's tweet makes all the more sense now. In another shock, RB Leipzig knocked out Atletico Madrid by defeating them 2-1. Leipzig took the lead through ex-Barca youth player Dani Olmo who scored with a glancing header on 55 minutes. Substitute Joao Felix made a massive impact, winning and then scoring a penalty to bring the scores level before another substitute, this time Leipzig's Tyler Adams, scored from a long-range deflected strike in the 88th minute to send Leipzig through to the semi-finals. And honestly, damn. A club that is equivalent to a fifth grader has defeated a team who have legit five times the history that Leipzig have. Unreal scenes these are. In the semi-finals, we had Bayern versus Lyon and PSG versus Leipzig. And uh, it was almost obvious who would be facing each other in the final. It's PSG versus Bayern. Although it was smooth sailing for PSG, it was not so for Bayern who were saved only by the substandard finishing of the Lyon front line. Rudy Garcia made a very strange decision when he benched super sub Musa Dembele and that proved very costly as Carl Toko Akambi missed very very good chances early on in the game. People were discussing that the high line that Bayern played with would prove costly and it almost did as Lyon created some very good chances and missed them which proved costly as Serge Gnabry scored twice and Robert Lewandowski scored late on in the game to send Lyon back home. PSG also won 3-0 thanks to a masterclass from Di Maria. He provided the free kick that led to the first goal from Marquinhos before scoring the second himself and then providing a chance for Juan Bernat to score who took it really really well. PSG vs Bayern face off in the Champions League final. It is Bayern's first appearance since the 2013 final when they beat Dortmund and PSG have never been in a Champions League final. It is going to be unreal. Both these sides are full of attacking talents and have also been defending really, really well. It is going to be a nail-biting match. But now though, it is time to cancel Barcelona. That wasn't a victory tonight. That, that was a complete destruction. How do you explain that? You can't explain that. Barcelona were absolutely demolished by Bayern Munich. Destructed destroyed, annihilated, cancelled, killed, you know, all those big words. That's what happened with Barcelona. Bayern beat Barcelona 8-2. 8-2. I mean, everybody's been making jokes about 8-2, but I guess I have to make one as well. You know, I would hate to be a Barcelona fan right now. Absolutely 8-2.
That's it. Tottenham and Chelsea are effectively greater than Barcelona. Technically, even Arsenal are greater than Barcelona. I mean, what was that game? What were Barcelona on? Did they do drugs? Or were they just distracted by Griezmann's PS4? I mean, FIFA is not real life. You know that, right? You know that, right? It was a horrible, horrible result for Barcelona. They had no structure to their play. No identity to their football. No control over the game. And absolutely no response to Bayern. It was a frantic game, to be honest, from the beginning. Barcelona actually played well early on, but lost control really, really quickly. Thomas Muller scored first before Jordi Alba's cross forced an own goal from David Alaba. Even Perisic made it 2-1 after 21 minutes. Serge Gnabry wrestled away from Clement Longley to make it 3-1 inside 30 minutes. And then the ball started rolling. Thomas Muller scored again 4 minutes after Gnabry scored. Luis Suarez made it 2-1 after the break but then Bayern absolutely annihilated Barcelona. Alfonso Davies ended Nelson Semedo's career before setting up this fifth goal which was scored by Joshua Kimmich. Philippe Coutinho, playing for Bayern on loan from Barcelona, came off the bench to provide a goal from Robert Lewandowski before scoring the 7th and 8th goal himself. What is that? How do you explain that? A player that you have loaned out comes back to haunt you. A player that you play out of position for the longest time. I mean, they deserved it. They deserved They absolutely deserved it. Another thing to note is that there is a clause in Coutinho's contract which guarantees Liverpool some amount of payment from Barcelona if Coutinho manages to win the Champions League. He isn't even winning it with Barcelona. PSG play Bayern on... Uh, Sunday and if Coutinho manages to beat PSG while playing with Bayern, Barcelona will have to pay Liverpool a certain amount of money. He hasn't even won the Champions League for his actual club. It was as if Barcelona opened the door for Bayern. They were so bad. So, so, so bad. They kept giving the ball away. They did not fall back and it was bad game management from Setien from the start. It was clear that they were not able to pass the ball from the back. It was clear that the tactics had to be switched. But he just did not change it. Barcelona kept passing the ball from the back. They kept giving the ball away. And they kept conceding goals. And honestly, this demolition has been a long time coming. It was expected. The loss comes after years of disastrous management by the Barcelona board. They have made the incorrect transfer decisions. They have let important players leave without replacing them. They have spent much too much money on Dembele and Coutinho. And it's shown why these decisions are horrible. It all stems from the departure of Neymar and Luis Enrique in 2017. Under Enrique, Barcelona enjoyed a period of consistency. They also managed to win the treble in 2015, but it has been a slow decline ever since both him and Neymar left the club. Barcelona have not been able to find a suitable replacement for Neymar. Let me tell you how he plays. He's a left winger. His style of play is simple. 
cut inside onto his right foot after destroying a defender and either provide a pass to a teammate or score himself depending on the opportunity if it's like close enough to goal he'll take the chance and try to score if it's slightly far away he'll try to create a chance for a different player he's very skillful on the ball so he will destroy somebody before moving on to the next phase of the attack the three forwards that barcelona have signed are all the wrong signings firstly usman dembele He's a right winger, not a prolific goal scorer, but a creator. His natural position is on the right flank. He likes to use his pace to get away from the defenders and provide passes. To fill that void left by Neymar, he had to function as a left winger, which is not his position. Plus, spending 140 million euros on a 20-year-old adds arrogance to their mentality, and if they are not able to deal with it, they obviously fail. Felipe Coutinho is a classic number 10. He's an advanced playmaker or in layman's terms an attacking midfielder. He plays just behind the striker and is similar in playing style to Messi. His positional play gives him freedom, allowing him to create opportunities from a wide range of positions across the midfield either for himself or for his team. He is not a winger. In his prime with Liverpool, Coutinho was playing almost exclusively as a classic number 10 under Brendan Rodgers and then under Jurgen Klopp. Under Valverde at Barcelona, he was shifted to the left wing, which was not his favorite position. This led to the problems he was facing at Barcelona and ultimately his loan. At Bayern, he was played as a number 10 by Kovac and then Hansi Flick as well, leading to better performances and better consistency. I mean, if you play the player where he wants to play, he will perform for the club. If you play him out of position, he will not like it. That is basic tactics 101, man. Even Griezmann is a classic striker, not a winger. He is an all-out classic center forward. These three transfers that Barcelona have made have perfectly put into perspective the problems that they have. Their plans have been short term, the decisions have been very impulsive, the transfers have been over the top. It is not the correct way to run a club, one of the biggest clubs in the whole wide world. And on this Champions League night, one could really see how different these two sides had been managed by the board and the head coach. Bayern was struggling with injuries and form during the first half of the season. Niko Kovac's tactics were not working. Bayern had some very major injury concerns to the defenders which were not addressed and some players were playing out of position. Thomas Müller was a bench warmer. Hansi Flick has changed the way Bayern are presenting themselves as a football club. He has in fact maintained the same tactical setup they had under Kovac but has switched the positioning of the players due to any injuries or concerns. The flexibility of his tactical system really complements the flexibility of the players that he has. Thomas Müller can operate as a second striker or as well as an attacking midfielder. Joshua Kimmich who had competition with Benjamin Pavard for the right back spot can also play as a CDM giving Flick more options to set up with. Possibly the most genius move that he has made is the transformation of Alfonso Davies. Now Davies originally started off as a winger but due to injuries to Nicolas Sula and Lucas Hernandez a solution had to be found. So Flick converted David Alaba to a center back giving him a right foot left foot center back combination while converting Davies into a left back that 
is genius. Davies has space, he has skills and he has a good technical ability. He can whip up a fantastic cross. It is everything that you expect from a modern fullback. He was decent defensively even when he was playing as a winger. But now working as a left back has helped him improve the defensive side of his game. It has given him more freedom and the team more freedom to work and dismantle the opposition. And in six months, Davies has transformed into possibly one of the world's best left backs. And that's not all. The club management of Bayern is also one of the reasons they work so well. They make the right moves. They bought Serge Gnabry in 2017 but with Robin still a first team name, they loaned him out for his own good. He was able to develop and get playing time with other clubs and as soon as Robin retired, Gnabry returned to Bayern where he has become a regular in the starting 11. Bayern have made correct decisions in positions where they feel that they can improve. They have tactically and positionally versatile players and a good amount of squad depth which helps in situations like an injury crisis. Bayern don't play in a farmer's league. They are just intelligent at what they do and how they do it. I'm not defending their policies of stealing the best players of each club, but their management has been excellent. That is why they are at the top. Now though, let us progress into news and headlines from all over the football sphere before stepping into transfers. Kike Setien has been sacked by Barcelona after the disaster class that was the Champions League quarterfinal. This is part of a large-scale restructuring of the club as described by club president Bartomeu. Barcelona have also parted ways with sporting director Eric Abidal. He has also announced that there will be elections to choose the next president of the Barcelona board next March. Ronald Koeman, who was the ex-Barcelona player and was responsible for some success in early 90s has been appointed as the next manager on a two-year contract. We have to see how he will change the philosophy and the playing style of the club. The Premier League unveiled their end-of-season awards with Jürgen Klopp being named as the manager of the year while Kevin De Bruyne received the player of the season trophy. Trent Alexander-Arnold was awarded the Young Player of the Season while Hyungmin Son won the award for Goal of the Season for his solo effort against Burnley in December, the greatest goal in the Premier League this season without a doubt. In an interview, Bayern chief Karl-Heinz Rummenigge said that the FIFA awards are scheduled to happen later this year. He claimed that FIFA chief Gianni Infantino was the man who informed him about this decision. This comes after France football announced that they would not be presenting the Ballon d'Or this year due to the coronavirus pandemic, much to the sadness of players all around the world. If the FIFA awards do happen, then Robert Lewandowski looks to be the man to beat. The striker has had the best season of his career and he fully deserves to win that award. His chances would increase very significantly if he wins the Champions League with Bayern. The Premier League announced changes to the controversial VAR system after a meeting with club shareholders. Referees will now have an increased control over the game and will be using the referee review areas much more often, primarily in situations involving goals, red cards and penalty kicks. The most important rule is now regarding the offsides in the game. The assistant referee will flag offside after the passage of play is complete, which means that the game will flow smoothly. VAR will not review every single goal. It will only intervene if the goal is scored from an offside position and will check if the on-field referee was right or wrong. Harry Maguire was arrested in Mykonos yesterday. 
that's all i need to say he was arrested after fighting with a bunch of people and was very abusive to the police and now he is in prison effectively it depends what happens as the news develops i will keep you updated on what is the harry maguire situation the liga opener between marseille and saint etienne has been postponed after marseille announced three positive corona cases at the club all the best to the individuals who are suffering from this and i hope they are able to recover and bounce back american mogul and producer dan friedkin completed a takeover of italian club as roma for a fee of around 700 million dollars with pedro expected to be the first signing on a free transfer Former Man City centre-back Vincent Kompany announced that he would be retiring from professional football to become the first team manager of Anderlecht, the club where he was playing prior to his retirement. I wish him the best of luck for his endeavours and I hope that he is able to get some success with the Anderlecht. Now moving on to transfer news, Real Sociedad hijacked the David Silva deal from Lazio It was almost certain that the player would be joining Lazio on a free deal but they just came in at the last moment and just turned the tail on its head. It makes more sense for David Silva because he's going to his homeland. He'll be playing in a league that he's familiar with, speaking the language he's familiar with. However, if he wants to win trophies or you know play in the Champions League football consistently, I think that Lazio would have been a better option. Real Sociedad are playing in Europe but they're playing in the Europa League not in the Champions League while Lazio have qualified for the Champions League and it looks as though they will be consistent performers in the league as well. So I think that ideally David Silva should have joined Lazio. There are a bunch of Spanish speaking players over there as well and he would have been able to make a connection over there. Granted Real Sociedad is much closer to home he would rather go there but just thinking career wise I think that Lazio would have been a better option for him. That's just my perspective everybody has a different view on the transfer. Sticking to free agents it was announced that Tottenham have completed a move for Joe Hart the Englishman who was most recently at Burnley joins the club on a 2 year contract. I think it is a good decision overall for the club. It gives them a more experienced goalkeeper to work with and it also fulfills the UEFA quota that they were on the wrong side of which was the homegrown quota. Under that they were able to name a maximum of 17 foreign players while participating in UEFA competitions and because they did not have as many homegrown players as they would have liked they had to participate in the UEFA competitions with a much thinner squad. The Barcelona rehaul is providing many interesting transfer options for multiple clubs. Barcelona claimed that they would be listening to offers for Griezmann and are also looking to sell Luis Suarez, but I think that after Koeman's appointment, Griezmann could become the starting striker for the club with either Suarez being benched or sold. I think that Coutinho could also have a future at Barca now that Setien and Valverde have both gone and Koeman has returned to the classical formation which is the 4-3-3. The Kai Havertz deal is edging closer to completion as per reports in Germany. The player has already agreed personal terms with Chelsea and it all depends on the transfer fees agreement between Chelsea and Bayer Leverkusen who confirmed earlier this week that the player would be leaving the club before the next season starts. Lyon announced that their midfield maestro Hussein Awar would also be leaving the club before the start of the next season. He has been linked with a move to multiple clubs across the top 5 leagues and it depends where he goes. However, whichever team manages to sign him will be signing an excellent midfielder who has many years left on him. 
That though is the end of No Filter Football for this week. I shall try and drop two shorter episodes next week reacting to the Premier League fixture list as well as the Champions League and Europa League finals. Stay tuned and support the podcast. Follow it on Instagram. It is at No Filter Football Podcast. Thank you for listening and goodbye.